0: The older I get, you know, God, he, he, he imparts wisdom on us. And, you know, I really try to live my life under the, the, the guidelines of nothing we go through in this life. I don't care how small, how insignificant Mm -hmm. it might seem. It is all for purpose and reason. And I'm saying that to say coming up during the crack era was also the the beginning stages or the infancy if you will of hip-hop you know Mm hip-hop was it it, it was born and bred in the South Bronx so I came up in a a borough that was birthing this new art form and for me I just loved it I I was all about this hip-hop culture it was new um it was edgy and I was just a fan You know, I took five internships, failed four times. And when I say five internships, I mean working for free, literally for free. No lunch money, no car fare, no anything, because I really wanted to get into this music industry. Uh, Right when I was about to quit, I, I, you know, there was a guy named Sean Diddy Combs out there and he was starting Bad Boy Records. He needed free um, to very low cost labor. And I needed to get in the music industry. It was a match made in heaven. Um, And that's when my career started. I went Mm -hmm. from an intern, literally an unpaid intern at Bad Boy Records to VP and uh, Vice President um, of marketing and promotion. And from there, you know, I went on to start, as you mentioned earlier, um, power, I mean, Power Moves, marketing and promotion. And we have worked with some of uh, the most established artists, corporate brands, everybody from HBO, you name it, we to McDonald's, we, we've we worked with them um, over the course of our years. And, I'm at a place in life now God has blessed me um, mm-hmm. Both financially And personally And being a kid from the South Bronx I, I You know I want to be the person That I never had in my life My love was Music And wanting to be in that industry mm-hmm. But then there, You know God says okay You know what You say that That, that you love this industry well let me test that let mm. me let me just test mm. it so i found myself over the course of going on five years working for <laughs> free taking internships literally going into offices uh in doing a full-time job every day five days a week in wow you know a year would roll by and I would beg plead ask can you hire me no I just gave a year of my life for nothing are you serious so then I would go to another label and then I go to another label and then I go to another label but by the time I got to bad boy mm-hmm. and trust me when I tell you this I was ready to quit wow. I had sacrificed close to five years of my life before I even walked into bad boy and I had to work another year there for free before they offered me a paycheck. But to answer your question, when I thought or I was made to believe that I was unhirable, that mm-hmm. I lacked something, um, you know, that that would allow me to get a job. And when I started to look in the mirror and I would doubt myself. Mm-hmm. God was building this resilience in me mm-hmm. because I would never quit. I looked at those internships as a waste of time. I can't believe all of those years were wasted, but they weren't wasted at all. God was developing me. He was chiseling me. He was right. he was, was taking that um you know like a stonemason, and they and they got the chisel and the hammer and they just getting all of the loose ends off so by the time i literally became a a a a hired employee at a record label i was light years uh, my my experience level was was light years ahead of my competition i was Mm -hmm. able to run circles around them and it was then that i understood the masterpiece none of those years went to waste none of them right Right. They were all building me. I came in with so much experience, but I also came in with a level of focus that I did not take my position for granted. I know 99.9% of the people walking the planet love chocolate. And mm. sometimes, you know, I'm with my wife and she has this, I, I just got to have chocolate. I got to have chocolate. All
1: right. That,
0: that <laughs> woman will walk to India, <laughs> to India. You know to get chocolate if she had to and i'm saying that to say when you want something you desire right, right. something you will go to the ends of the earth to get it now right. people say that they want something all the time until they're tested mm-hmm. you you don't become battle tested unless you go through battle unless you mm-hmm. are literally on the battlefield so for my advice for anybody looking to get an internship or do anything if that is what you want then you have to go after it number right. one no matter how many doors are c- closing your face no matter how many people say we're not interested um, in interns or you have to be registered in school or figure it out Figure it out Because there's always a way There literally is always a way And people people say they want something Until there's an obstacle put before them And then all of a sudden That's their excuse for not going after it That's the thing that they can hang their hat on And say well I tried But What -hmm. do you mean but There is no such thing as impossible It isn't How bad do you want it And are you willing to figure out it out so i would just say if you truly want something i don't care how much resistance comes in your way you better be that unstoppable force in the midst of an immovable object trust me when i tell you nothing wants to stand
1: before you people they talk next level stuff but they're just not willing to do next level
0: stuff I mean I can I, I can't agree with you more and you know the only thing I would add to that because you you, you said it perfectly there's nothing on this planet that's free right there's nothing I, I don't I don't care what it is you're going to pay somehow sometimes right. it's just with your time sometimes right. it's just with sacrifice mm-hmm. sometimes it is just giving something up that you would normally be doing at that moment, but you're going to pay. And it really comes down to a very, very simple question. Are you willing to pay the cost for whatever it is that you want? You said it, people are not willing to do next level stuff. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the cost is next level stuff that's right that's right nobody wants to pay it they they say up front i want it i want it but are you willing to pay if, if here's the deal right i ain't seen a lamborghini a aston martin a Bentley. i haven't seen one of them on sale yet there <laughs> is never <laughs> I, i'm telling you i don't care how often you see a honda commercial and they talking yeah. about you, you can get a factory <laughs> discount, and this yeah. that. I haven't seen a Lambo on sale yet, but they still sell them. That's exactly, right. because so somebody yeah. wants it
1: and they are willing to That's pay right. to pay. It. So, so don't even go down. Don't even go in there. Tell my, can you go down on it?
2: no ain't no
0: (laughs) it ain't no time of year it is no black friday sales you can't go the day after christmas and think you go it is no and that's the thing with life right sometimes if you want if you really want to change your life that's right there's no sales there's no yeah. easy way you ain't waiting to the day nah. after Thanksgiving and think you did ain't no cyber Monday yeah. and, and think okay I'm gonna get a discount on my new life it don't work like that you got to put in the work and you that gotta pay the cost
1: and, and it never go on sale success never go on sale never you just gonna call everything has a trade-off but this is gonna cost you on course you've been trying to sync this uh interview up for a little while now and you're all over the world doing uh you know great and wonderful things but um hey it's certainly a pleasure to to finally um you know get you on the show i think the last time we had the opportunity to speak we may have talked you know close to an hour and it was certainly a pleasure
3: Absolutely,
1: I enjoy it. Thank you. <laughs> so, so Shannon, you know, I have to ask, you know, w- you know, upfront, like, what was it like before we get to anything else? Yeah. W- what was it like as a child growing up with, with prominent actors? You know, um, you know, you, you know, I got to ask again. You know, the, your dad, John Amos. Um, At home, was he much like the the Good Times character we officially know as James Evans or what?
3: Yeah, um, yeah, it wasn't a stretch. I will admit that. His character was not far off from who he is. But, um, you know, there's so many multiple layers to who my father is. So while um, he embodied some of those uh, characteristics, um, you know, that was a fictional character in real life. He's very much an introverted man. um, Pretty shy. Loves to be in a quiet space. Loves nature, and mm-hmm. really a Renaissance man. Actually, both of my parents, I would consider Renaissance um, people. My mother is an mm-hmm. artist, um, mm-hmm. so she was a creative with her hands, and um, my father, um, being an actor, um, you know, brought that energy of, of creative spirit into the household. And so it was amazing growing up because I got to be around people like Maya Angelou. You know, having dinner with her in my youth, and not even real realizing or maybe I was realizing, but not to the magnitude of, of who she was in the world until I really grew up and having people like Lou Gossett and Ben Vereen and um, other, you know, just really prominent, amazingly talented people um, in and out of our home growing up and being exposed to that was was amazing.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's amazing. So Shannon, you know, you, you, you've kind of followed your dad somewhat. Um, you know, into television and producing and that sort of thing. But there was a bit of a a, a shift, as I understand, around 2017. So sort of what, what ultimately brought you, you know, to the work you so passionately do today?
3: You know, it was, it was a series of events. Um, I had been producing, like I said, for over 20 years, and um, I wasn't feeling as fulfilled as I thought I would, you know, even in the pinnacle of my career. Like, I was, ex- I was happy and grateful for everything, but I just wasn't feeling as fulfilled in the work. And mm-hmm. as television changed and more things were being driven by marketing and um, by the networks of ideas of who we are and how we're supposed to show up, the more I became disenchanted. And around that same time, um, my mother, uh, who had been struggling for many years from um, injuries sustained from a medical malpractice incident, Mm -hmm. uh, finally succumbed to them. And prior to her transition, while she was in the hospital um, in the last week of her life, I asked her, hey, mom, do you have any regrets? And is there anything that you regret that you didn't do? And she said, you know, Shannon, only that I didn't get to travel and see the world. And so we knew that we were going to be cremating her. We knew that she was actively transitioning at that point. And so I said, well, what if I traveled the world and I took your ashes with me? Mm -hmm. Her eyes lit up and she smiled and she said, Shannon, go see the world and let the world see you. Yeah, I took off. Um after my mom passed, I took off and I traveled solo around mm-hmm. Southeast Asia for about a year, year and a half. And then I ended up um in I took I call it my soul sabbatical. So I just mm-hmm. took care to, to heal and, and work through the grief and I ended up um in Peru. And um, I sat with a shaman in Peru and had my first experience with plant medicine um, called ayahuasca. Um, some mm-hmm. people may not be familiar with what that is, um, but it's now been talked about by Will Smith in his book. Mike Tyson um, has recently shared his experiences as well as Chris Rock. And um, so I think now that it's moving more into the, the conversations around healing with psychedelics is moving now more into mainstream Um mm-hmm. Uh, consciousness and awareness and into black culture and that's what kind of brought me to Mexico Um, I was invited by a friend and I came down to visit I fell in love with it and then I ended up connecting with um, a facilitator who here who was the uh, protege of the facilitator I sat with in um, Peru you no, know, Vince, I feel like the culture that we've created, American society we've created was designed for machines, not for humans. Mm-hmm. And we've been living our lives like machines. We're getting up, we're going to the same jobs, we're doing the same thing over and over and over in repetitive motion. And, you know, no wonder people are exhausted. No wonder people are tired and burned out and frustrated and feeling stuck. It's like, we didn't sign up for this, right? Mm-hmm. We and, and I think that... Uh, There is a serious process of needing to remember who we are and remember what we come from and where we come from and really to uh, tap into our soul purpose. And so my work now, um, having gone through so many changes and also... Reconnecting with nature, reconnecting with indigenous people, um, learning more about ancestral wisdom and really getting educated about the different tools that are out here to support our well-being. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's now what I bring to my clients and bring into my retreats and even my wellness travel. Yeah, you know, there's a, uh, there is a there is. I guess I repeat this a lot and I'll say it again, is that healing isn't linear. It's mm-hmm. different for each and every one of us as, as we are to our own thumbprint. And I feel like there is a path for each and every one of us. For me, the path was plant medicine, the path was, you know, really getting reconnected with nature. Um, but it also, there were many steps in that process before I got there. You know, when I first landed in Bali, um, I was introduced really to the practice of meditation and from there I went on to India where I studied yoga and Ayurveda and you know so there were different tools that I was gathering in that process and I think that in the current state of affairs that we find this world in with things always changing and, and moving so quickly um, that it's really important that we slow down and when you slow down, you can really do some serious reflection, and that's where we tap into that shadow part of ourselves—that the, the thoughts and the feelings and all the stuff that we've been consuming and pushing down in our bodies, all that generational trauma that right, we've been right. yeah, mm-hmm. and we are holding. Yeah, and and until we actually do the work to to bring it up, to sit with it, to process it, and to let it go, uh, we can't you know we can't fully step into helping others. How do we help mm-hmm. our families if we're not helping ourselves? So it's like that mm-hmm. philosophy of securing your own mask first.
4: When I think about my childhood, I think about all of the the ups, the downs, the experiences that I had, but they have always been there with me, even to this day. While I live in Washington, D.C., I have that same foundation and commitment from my family to know that whatever it is that I set my mind out to do they're going to support me, they're gonna tell me when I'm wrong, they're going to tell me when I need to keep going. So that's so, so critical for my success is having that core foundation. And one thing I, I think is interesting, now that I am away from home, you start to appreciate just how much of that foundation is needed in order to keep going. So what I do now, anytime I have a major event coming up in my life, I will always call home and we will pray together. We will process together and any major decisions I'm I'm able, even though I'm not physically there, I'm able to still rely upon that core foundation that has gotten me to this point. So that that really is what has allowed me in terms of childhood, moving forward, I have a, a core group of friends that I've kept in my circle for years and You know, one thing that I think is so important is that you don't have a a lot of yes people. And I do not have a lot of yes people. I have a core group of friends that will tell me the truth, that will see me win, and that are really, really, truly invested in my success as I am genuinely invested in their success and we thrive together. So that's something even as a young adult moving into where I am now. I've had that same core group or individuals that have come along the way that I make sure we have a shared understanding of our invested commitment together. And that's really critical and really instrumental to my success as well. So I was able to still thrive in spite of, but I I have to be honest, it's it's been draining. There have been plenty of times where I have really, really, really had to regroup in order to keep myself going And I know there are so many others that are out there that have had elevated levels of anxiety, elevated levels of depression, Uh, just the inability to be able to see something beyond where we are. And everyone, I wanna encourage you as you listen to this, no matter what the situation may be, it is paramount that you find and create the ability to take care of yourself, whatever that is. For me, my escape is music, I use music to really regroup and reground myself no matter what the circumstances are. So I'm gonna encourage those of you who are listening, I don't know what it is for you, but it is really critical that you find ways in which to encourage your own well-being and find things that can keep you grounded. These jobs, they're gonna go on regardless, but you won't. And I mean that genuinely, so it's critical that. Whatever it is you need to do, if you need to just stop, regroup, if you feel yourself not or ha- having thoughts and not feeling the way in which you felt in the past, you, you got to pay attention to that. So I do. I want to encourage those who are listening. Whatever it is, don't allow yourself to fail or allow yourself to give everything you can where you find yourself left without for your own well-being. I really genuinely mean that. It's so easy to do that in a pandemic. And it's so easy for it to show up in forms of your physical health and you not realize the interconnection to your mental health. So I really do wanna encourage the listeners to take that seriously. It is not a joke. Even though we have the vaccines that have emerged, we're still gonna be dealing with this. And that's something that I know globally, individuals are faced with a level of uncertainty. So I, I'm strongly encouraging those listening to pay attention. I know if, if I have had those experiences and days where I just have had to almost pull myself up to keep going, and I know others are experiencing that as well. So that is my, my hope and what I'd like to challenge the listeners to do. It is extremely difficult on their end. Mm-hmm. My end is rather easy, and the reason is I have no problem being very transparent and critical about what's needed. I think so often organizations, we we bought into this idea of diversity and inclusion because it's something that looks good, it's great PR. If we're not committed to actually paying attention to the deficits that exist in our organizations or the marginalized communities going beyond race, because it's not only a racial issue that has to be addressed, we're not prepared to have a really in-depth dialogue where we can not only acknowledge our discomfort but sit in that discomfort and they have candid open dialogue about the historical problems and existing problems within the organization and the broader global environment and, and this is something that I have shared with leaders all over the world live in siloed or in isolation from what's happening in the real world and as a result people are gonna bring that into the work environment regardless if you want them to or not. So it's not a, it's not appropriate to say, well, leave that out, that doesn't exist in here, because it does, and I'll give you an example. Most recently in the United States, we went through what I would define a tumultuous experience political And for things that some people had never seen before, I, I remember on so many different occasions, people saying, well, we've never seen this, we've never seen this, and I found myself saying, While it may not have existed in the format that we're seeing, we've been here before. It's so important to acknowledge the history of the United States. And one thing I always like to process that some people are uncomfortable with, but it is necessary because I do not believe in being politically correct. We have to have open candid dialogue. The United States is stolen. It's stolen. And I attended school at the University of New Mexico where I obtained my PhD and had the honor of interfacing with so many different indigenous tribes of this land. And I can share with you the experience that so many of them are still having today is direct result of intergenerational trauma and the fact of the matter that they have been not only murdered or massacred, but they are still experiencing trauma on their own land. That's an experience that if you have never had to face it or own it or or be confronted with it, you may not think about it. But because I had the honor of living in Albuquerque, New Mexico for almost four years, I was directly confronted with and had the opportunity to engage so many of our native tribes. That experience is something that we have to sit in enslaved Africans were in fact brought to this country and enslaved for over 400 years. I would argue that as we look at systemic racism, in many cases, individuals are still being stifled today. And you know, I have to remind myself often, I've been able to navigate successfully because of my education and the platform that I've developed for myself, but I am not by any means naive to the fact that there are so many people who look like me who will never have access to the opportunities that I have. Organizations must recognize and own that if they are truly committed to diversity, equity, and inclusion. Diversity, when I think about that, we're talking about a broad scope of perspectives, which it can literally be any single thing that's an impediment in your organization. When we think about inclusion, it is the state or act of being included you have to look around and really acknowledge who's not here mm-hmm. they are here do they actually have a voice and the ability to drive change because if not it gets back to what i mentioned it's great pr and we will never see change if that's the mentality that's adopted and that's not limited to the united states that is all over the world and what i think is most critical and where i typically start with organizations is equity what is it going to take to meet people where they are to give them what they individually need to thrive and so oftentimes what i've seen organizations do in an attempt to address diversity and inclusion it's a mindset of well let's just hire more black people just hire more whatever racial or ethnic group the problem with that is if you're hiring individuals but you're not positioning them accordingly throughout the organization to have a true voice to impact and drive change all you have done is put butts in seats to uh, from a numerical perspective but potentially have no ability to drive sustainable change you must look at every individual within the organization as a contributor to your organizational climate and culture to drive change. So many leaders, they have not bought into understanding the nuances and really the complexity that goes along with diversity, equity, and inclusion. And if the focus is only on talent acquisition, then you've missed the opportunity to acknowledge the broader organizational culture, trends, values, and perspectives that thrive within the organization. And as a result, it is more likely than not that while you may have a desire to drive change, you are going to operate in what I call surface level action items that will not lead to sustainable change. That is the challenge that I have seen globally and overwhelmingly in the United States.
5: Right now I'm living a full a bi coastal life, so I'm going back between California and Illinois, you know, Chicago predominantly, but going back and forth for real estate business so it's super exciting and just um, I have family and friends there and still things that I do we've got a television show Real Talk Real Women Live and a lot of the posts are based out of the city so we're super excited about that so some of it's being shot there we are going to be because of COVID we haven't been able to do as much shooting and filming out in um, Los Angeles as far as everybody commuting but I'm just you know excited about everything I'm a realtor I've been in the industry a long time I, I, a lot of what I've been doing right now Vince with the with the COVID is really reaching back because of my spirituality, because I love God. You know, friends tease me and say, she doesn't love God, she's in love with God. And that's my personal relationship. And It's like a lot of what I'm doing right now is reaching back and and helping as much as I can, you know, while accepting help from others as well. I mean, even things like, Being on the show right now, talking to you when we interact, you know, looking, one of my friends took some pictures of the sky last night and it changed my life, I believe, because I realized, okay, I need to look up more. What I learned to do, and and people always say, like, I'm the queen of reinventing myself, and it's not even reinventing, it's just that it's me opening the egg or opening the book of all the different facets of Davi, you know, and that's through God. And we'll talk about that in a bit. But for me, with the pandemic, because Um, maybe I should say go ahead and say it it's forced me to do to go ahead and just for me and I know everybody's handling it differently I've got friends that are going through depression right now I have friends that are I know people's children that have been suicidal right now (laughs) people that love the Lord too not just people that don't know that just are really caught up you know the enemy looks for that moment to come inside so for me I've decided that what I have to do so that this thing doesn't get so overwhelming is I have to go into let me create some of those things that dobby has been wanting to do that she's been putting on the back burner. Uh, let's call it procrastinating on some of the things that you know, whether it's writing that book or putting together that master training program that I want to do to help people just to finding themselves, you know, waking up that individual. You know, I have a piece that that will change the world as far as um, how we look at a situation like this you know it's a pandemic it's something that has happened before and it will happen again and we have to get out and vote so it's things like this are handled differently um, because it's going to happen again we're going to have a pandemic again it's just the handling of something like this but what it's done for me is and how I'm dealing with it I'm learning how to scale back on certain things you know when I in the very beginning I just lost my grandmother actually March the 12th we went on lockdown March the 19th and at that point you know I had already been you know caring for her for a period of time and I now we go on a lockdown so for the very in the very beginning it it felt, felt the isolation was very real And it was very real and i thought what would what would my ancestors do what would how would god want me to handle this i'm I'm feeling and then we tap into my spirituality you know my faith in god says dabby take I, i need you to take what this is and i need you to come out with what this was meant to be for you because everybody has their own story so it's like what is this pandemic supposed to mean to you spiritually mentally physically emotionally and and financially what is this supposed to mean to you what is the growth i mean i am i always say i mean i i think i'm grown but i'm growing up again i'm growing up on a different level right now my priorities are changing you know and things are different even my eating habits things are changing and and financially and we'll talk about it in a bit but i'm cutting back i'm scaling back on some things and not only that if i'm spending i'm making sure that i'm spending on something that is going to potentially even if it's you know happiness always that you know you take yourself out you do this for your children your family your loved ones and all that but also making sure that if it's something that I'm going to do to make sure it really does yield that excitement that I thought that it would, or you know, or making sure that I'm doing something that's gonna make someone else feel good, or that it's gonna be an investment that's gonna make money for me. Let's keep it real. People have to stop being afraid to talk about they want their money to make money. We have to you know, look at that differently. So to sum it up for me with all of that, I am saying, let's dive into ourselves. I'm diving into myself and say, pulling out everything I can to figure out so when this during this pandemic I'm doing things to create myself I still have those days that are that get me but then I get myself back up and you know I call somebody like yourself and say this is what's on my plate right now Vince what do I do with this and then you talk me through it continue to create an environment That's conducive and beneficial for you to grow because when an an organization says we're on lockdown, we're on this, we're on that. That doesn't mean your mind is on lockdown. That doesn't mean your brain is on lockdown. That means that your creativity, that means that you read those books that you ordered on Amazon that you never read because you ordered it because your friend had it and you thought it'd be cute to get it. You know, that means that this changing of the diet, you've always wanted to do something different. You said you wanted to try being a vegan. You wanted to try being a vegetarian. You wanted to get that 30 minutes of workout in every day. These are the times, we have that time now. That's what I'm doing with myself. I purchased a bike, I'm actually riding it. I wanted to cut back and eat differently, I've always eaten pretty healthy, not always, but in my adult life, I'm over 40, I started eating pretty good, and it's like, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it's like, but now, but let's take it to the next level, Dobby, now the next level is, okay, pretty good versus, am I watching what's going in my temple, which is what I'm doing now? You know, you've had your experience that is, experiences that have been very vast, and You've been in situations, I'm sure, that you didn't know what the next moment was really going to be, and so that's what a, thats the mindset we all have to be in right now. That's why that's I right. love, you know, your book and what you're doing with that. We have to be in that mindset right now, and what I'm doing for myself is I'm making sure that I'm in that. I told my son the same thing. I said, "Sweetheart, this is when you know, for the lack of a better word, you're—you have to incorporate a combat mode into this for yourself." Mm. You know, you uh, absolutely. That's a that my my exact. You have to incorporate a combat mode into your life. You know, that's one of the things that you know it's fight or flight. You make it happen, and and then you have to take that other end of it and incorporate with the combat, which is what I'm doing is incorporating. Okay, with that where it's that like you said that business plan that that everything in place while you're making sure there's there's no there's no. There's no chance, right? Or not, not chance, there's no um, a room. There's no room for error in certain areas of your life right now. I'm working on my growth. Mm-hmm. I want to come out of this a multimillionaire. I want to build my business. Right. I've been a mo- millionaire. I want to be multi and I want to be able to go out and, and, and do things for others. But I don't want to come I, I, and then go into a billionaire. I mean, I've mean, i seen millions. I want to see what billions
2: mm-hmm. like. Do it while you're scared. I think, uh, honestly, I'm still living that that motto, that motive. Um, a lot of people see me now and think I kind of like have it all figured out. But I, I still get frightened. I was actually just joking with my wife. We have this big event that's coming up um, in a few weeks, um, an investor summit virtually. And, I, and I'm nervous. And like we have everything together. But it's just like it's something that hasn't been done. And, you know, I'm putting the company and myself in a position that, you know, is different. And so um, I, I think that's just like, you know, if you want to find out how, you know, your, your ultimate you know power, you know, your ultimate being, you want to be your greatest self, um, you got to do it while you're fearful, you got to do it while you're scared, because as long as you can prepare and, you know, do all that you could do, the universe kind of gives it back to you to, to where it's like when you're in those spaces, or you take those risks, you take those chances, honestly, it's probably not gonna be as bad as you thought it was gonna be, you know? And so like, even though you go through that, you still get nervous, but um, I always tell people to, to do it while they're scared and, you know, be be open because sometimes it doesn't go as planned, but just always try to use a perspective of I'm going into this to learn. And when you go in with that perspective, however it goes, um, you're gonna walk away with something that's, that's tangible, that can, either help you um, in in the current setting, or maybe it's for something later on down the road that is gonna help you. I think that we all could use some sort of encouragement right now. Right now it's tough. Um, It doesn't, even Jeff Bezos is going through something right now, right? Like there's so like many unanswered questions about what the future holds. And you know, at this time, you really gotta find that, that peace um, so you know, before I get into like you know motivating others, what I do is I, I try to find that alignment. So I'm I'm really big on like mental health. Um, so you know whether it's you know therapy sessions or having you know the right individuals that I could call up on or you know text and just like you know share my myself with. Um, I'm I'm really big on that. I'm big on you know meditation. Um, that's how I kind of start my day off you know and it's it's even more needed right now because the days are like so long because you're in the house and it's quarantine and stuff like that um so you know I think just finding that that peace in that space on the spiritual side um you know I, I think spirituality is all about finding that connection to the that core foundation you know finding that, What's what's that driver? What leads you? Um, so you know, finding a way to connect with that. So for me, you know, um, I'm I'm really probably more in tune with my church uh, now more than ever. Um, you know, because I'm not able to be there physically and that physical presence just does something to you. And luckily my church does, you know, virtual virtual sermons and stuff like that. But, you know, if there's smaller groups where individuals are getting together, um, prayer circles and stuff like that, like I, I, I try to get in those because those help me just like stay motivated and, and, and stay focused and understanding that like, this is something that's gonna pass over time. And then on the physical side, um, being active um you know making sure you're getting out um going on walks you know um i I pretty much made a built a gym in my um you know my uh, garage now so i'm like in there working sweating and you know making sure that i didn't mess up the rhythm that i had when i was just like you know walking to the office or you know going across town to go to different meetings and then finding time to work out um and then just the emotional side is just again kind of finding that peace. Um, that balance you know whatever that that driver is for you just tying that into it um and being open to like being down sometimes like not holding it in anymore I think you know we especially as men and leaders we feel that we can't be human and I feel like that's one thing that I've tried to do throughout COVID is just showcase you know humility and then just just me being human like i don't know it all i don't have it all i don't have it all together and that's okay but when i'm on my a game you know you're gonna get 110 percent of desmond you know and so i think you know if anybody could be inspired from any one of those things um and then the other uh, aspect of it is just like you know spending this time to to find out who you really are without the craziness, you know, the the hustle and bustle of of life, because, you know, hopefully COVID, you know, at least kind of, you know, fades away a little bit um, over the next year or so. So things I would presume would get back, you know, to what we call normal or just like a different breed where we're just kind of moving, traveling, doing all these things. But I think now is the time to look inside and see who you want to be, Over the next 10 to 20 years you know like what what goals do you have you know what um you know relationships you want to build um and 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 just really being able to sit back and just look at it all and just say like i could still accomplish that but but now is the time for me you know and not i feel like even with the hustle and bustle of life we we spread ourselves too thin and we don't take care of ourselves like we need to so i think covid as a, you know, a blessing in disguise and just a real optimistic person, just seeing the beauty in it all, I think a lot of people are now getting that time to, to look within and, you know, just realize some things.
6: Well, to see, to have my brother have his name called the first round, Vincent, it was absolutely just an amazing feeling because he had worked so hard to get to this point and he had done nothing but just put out the effort, the energy, the time, the dedication to become the best. And that's what he did. And he deserved everything he got from being drafted number four overall by the Baltimore Rings in 1996 to his first ballot Hall of Fame induction to being one of the 100 greatest NFL players of all time and regarded Vince as one of the best to ever play the left tackle position. You know, no, because my brother is uh, almost seven years older than me. So uh, there wasn't a lot of the competition. We didn't have a lot of that you know, going on. We were very much just supporting each other. I, you know, like when my first varsity high school football game, he got to actually come to us at uh, one, of, one of our uh, scrimmages because he was just drafted by the Ravens and he was able to drive an hour back to come watch me play to help get me some advice and some knowledge on how to do my game and perfect my craft at the highest level. So. There was no any of that. There was no comparison. There was no, you know, competition because we were so far apart in age. But it was great to have him so close to uh, to where I was growing up in D.C. with him being in Baltimore, because that really helped me to become uh, a phenomenal uh, football player, you know, in my own right.
1: Yeah, that's truly awesome. That's, you know, were, were your ambitions always set on playing uh, college football and playing in the NFL? No,
6: absolutely not. Honestly, I wanted to, to follow my father's footsteps. My father was an investment banker, and he worked for the Federal Home Health Bank of New York in their D.C. office. So I actually went, went to school wanting to be uh, an investment banker, go work on, on Wall Street in New York uh, for Merrill Lynch. That was my dream.
1: So, so what kind of led you to play at Howard University?
6: Uh, that was my only scholarship offer. Uh, I was, that was my only offer that I got, I got. And as a result of that, it really helped me to get in a position where I could just go to college. And it was great because my father was a Howard grad as well. And with that being the case, it was able to help me get and continue that legacy, Vincent, at Howard to make him proud and make myself proud. When I left the game, I had some injuries, I had some back injuries, I had some knee injuries, and I was just not the same player that I was in my youth. Uh, You know, a couple, maybe like five years when I first started my whole career. So in real real terms, what happened was I had to realize and make myself understand that if I couldn't perform at the highest level any longer, it was time to move on. And then that's what I did. And it was a struggle, Vincent. I wasn't prepared for it. I had to work really hard. And what happened was I ended up putting myself in the same situation of just, what am I gonna do next? What am I gonna do next?" And then I found a construction company. And, and with the construction company, I became the largest African-American subcontractor in uh, the city of Baltimore and the state of Maryland. And that's when I built a massive business, Vincent. But unfortunately, I became very egotistical, very arrogant, and I stopped listening to people. And as a result of that, I had I lost my business and filed a Chapter 7 bankruptcy uh, in 2013. You know, here here's the thing, is that you know, the construction business I kind of fell into by just kind of mistake, right? Because I just wanted to chase the dollars and cents. I should have never been in construction when I left the NFL. I should have gone into some type of, you know, development, maybe moving to coaching, or something like that at that time. That would have been a much better fit but I didn't have any guidance as far as mentorship in that area. And I, I kind of needed a break from football. So the construction business was a good way for me to kind of set this up and see, okay, if I can do this for a while, if I like it, I'll continue. If I don't like it, then I'll move on to something else. But unfortunately, Vincent, uh, I started making a lot of money early in my career in construction, and that was a gift and a curse. In 2008, when I left the the NFL, there was none of that. In 2013, that's when it got set up with the uh, Gene Upshaw Trust Fund, NFL Player Care Foundation. And that's when I was able to, in fact, when I filed for bankruptcy, the, the Trust and Player Care Foundation had only been in existence for about less than a few months, and I was one of the first players I was able to get assistance from them, Vincent, when I filed that Chapter 7 bankruptcy in 2013. So when I left the game uh, in 07-08, there wasn't anything set up. But now there is, and uh, and that got initiated, Vincent, as part of the new CBA agreement back in 2013. I wanted to show people the roadmap that we have designed to get us to where we are today. From again, since seven and a half years ago, I was bankrupt, I was broke, I had $400 to my name. All of my assets were stripped from me, home foreclosed on, both cars repossessed in the same day. I was working as a job as a custodian for $8.25 an hour after I was fired from two jobs in the same week. And when I've had my pivotal moment, Vincent, and someone's trash, rotten banana peels, spoiled milk got on my bare skin, clothes, and body, at that time is when I had the light bulb moment, like, okay, if I don't make this change today, I'm gonna be here the rest of my life. So the success cycle Uh, It's really about ambition, which is creating your blueprint and creating a roadmap for your life, followed by drive, which is about being inspired over motivated, which means you have to put in things and be creative and have them come from within and not motivated by external forces and factors. And then it's all about hard work, focus on yourself and not the competition. You can do those three things and you put yourself in the best chance to achieve success.
5: Don't miss a single episode of the Out Front with Vince Noble podcast. It's been ranked as top 5% globally recognized podcast, the show that gives emerging leaders, entrepreneurs, and technologists the information and inspiration to thrive and become their best. On the Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you download or listen to your podcast.